Hello and welcome to today's Here's to Your Health podcast. I'm Don Lintzman, Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. And my guest on the podcast today is Brooke Tazler. Brooke is the Director of Dietary Services here at CCMH. She's also a registered dietitian and uh, she's been uh, at CCMH for the last 15 years. So Brooke, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Our topic on the podcast today is uh, National Nutrition Month, which is what March is. Right. And um, I, I, I know that we talk a lot about nutrition, and there's a lot of stuff, I think, depending upon what TV channels you watch or what podcasts you listen to or videos you watch. People talk about nutrition uh, probably more than I realize. But I don't think we can talk about it enough because I think it's one area of everyone's health that could always use a little bit of improvement. Right. Yeah, for most people, yes. That there's not too many that eat absolutely perfectly out there, including myself. Yeah, one of the biggest <laughs> problems, I think, Brooke, is our, our empty calories in our diet. So well, let's talk about that. What are empty calories? Uh, empty calories are basically when you consume a food that has no real nutritional value to it. So pop is one of Regular pop is one of the best examples of that because you get a boatload of sugar and no, <laughs> no. other vitamins. Okay, and so minerals. we're not going to give you Brooks <laughs> Brooks address today, so you can send her hate mail. But you make an excellent point. I mean, I think that full caffeine soda, you know, the regular stuff probably is the worst part of empty calories for a lot of people. But I'm sure there's other things too. Yeah, there are definitely some other things out there, but that is definitely the one that usually pops to mind right away, I guess, because, yeah, it's one that people like to drink, and unfortunately, it's just not. Yeah, the only thing that makes ice cream any better is the fact that it might have a little calcium in it. That's right. Right? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And a little bit of protein. That's right. (laughs) So, the, the next question is so, obviously, regular pop and you know, I'm drinking coffee right now, so there's a little bit of caffeine in there too. But mine's black, so I don't put anything in it. But obviously, you know, we've talked a long time about sugar and caffeine being bad for you. Maybe you can explain for people a little bit of why that is. Well, the sugar, a lot of times it just adds calories that we don't usually need. Most of us just are not active enough to burn off those extra calories that we get from that sugar. Um, The caffeine, if we, you know, it's worse for some people than others. It can contribute toward anxiety, upset stomach, you know, just general stuff like that. Of course, difficulty sleeping. I think most people realize that, that it can, can do that. Um, makes us have to go to the bathroom more, so we might get a little more dehydrated from that. So, um, cardiovascular risk, like with blood pressure, there's been some mixed results on studies from that on if caffeine is really tied into that. But it's there as a question. So, And they've done a number of studies over the years. Half the studies say yes, half the studies say no. Right. So I'm still <laughs> drinking coffee. <Yeah. laughs> right. <laughs> Until they decide I can't do it anymore. Sure. My guest on the podcast today is Brooke Tazler. Brooke is the Director of Dietary Services uh, here at CCMH, and we're talking about National Nutrition Month. And, and vitamins obviously have a role to play, and we get some vitamins in the food that we eat and some in supplements. One that's really been in the news over the last couple of years because of um, because of COVID is uh, vitamin D. And maybe you can help us understand a little bit more about why vitamin D is such an important vitamin and the role that it plays in our diet. Sure. So vitamin D, it helps um, one of its big jobs that I would say more people are probably familiar with anyway is, is that it helps protect against um, 
bone loss, so along with calcium. It, vitamin D and calcium work together to help protect us from bone loss. So, I did not know that. Okay, well good. Um, makes our bones stronger. Um, it can also aid with muscle function um, and with brain and body communication, basically, and then it also plays a role in the immune system, too. So, Yeah, and I, I guess most people are familiar with vitamin D, probably, you know, because they want to get out in the sun. Right. And vitamin D also is, I think, uh, uh, it lifts your mood a little bit. Am I right about that? It has a little bit of a psychological effect. Um, I'm trying to think on that one. That's maybe, been maybe not. a little while on that one. I, I don't know about the effect. Fact, it's the sun. I guess the sunshine itself usually kind of <laughs> makes us all lifts, happy. Lifts the mood. Yeah. So I, I on that one, I can't tell you for sure if it's the actual vitamin D or okay. if there's something else going okay. on there. That, but yeah, I'm okay with but that. But we do get the vitamin D. Yeah, sunshine yeah. is the best I, source. I take a little <laughs> vitamin D every day just because um, I'm hoping that it helps my mood and it does some of the other right. uh, things that you're talking about I, sure. because I probably don't get enough vitamin D mm -hmm. in the foods that I eat every day. It's pretty hard to get enough vitamin D or can be in the foods that we eat every day just uh, I mean you find it a little bit in um, uh, trying to think in some salmon otherwise if yeah. you're eating if you're drinking fortified milk two, three times a day at least, but a lot of people don't do that necessarily. Right. Um, and some cereals now have vitamin D fortified in it, but a lot of foods don't naturally have vitamin D in it. That's right. why the sunshine's important. And, and so if you're listening today and you're thinking to yourself, I'm gonna run out and take vitamin D, let's caution everyone and say, speak to your healthcare provider first. Absolutely, yes, it's always good to check. Yeah, I, just don't do it indiscriminately, folks. Go go talk to your, your healthcare provider, make sure that they're okay with that. So we've already talked about empty calories and we talked a little about liquid calories, but it's not just soda where we have liquid, liquid calories. I mean, there are a lot of other kinds of drinks that we have to maybe pay attention to. And if you could give us an idea of what some of those are. Um, yeah, so liquid calories, there's some that are good for you and some that are not so good for you. So yes, the pop is definitely one. So coffee, when you start adding all that sugar and all those coffee shops that have popped up and stuff, there's a lot of sugar and empty calories in And those. what about smoothies and those kinds um, of things? Yeah, a lot of those actually, if, you, if you're adding a bunch of sugar or honey or some, you know anything still adds some, it'd still be liquid calories. Plus on top of that, if it's a smoothie with fruit I mean you're gonna get calories from that it's but maybe the smoothies with the fruit are better yes I was gonna say but you're probably still getting more nutrition out of a fruit smoothie than say um, an energy drink that is loaded with sugar or something like that you know so yeah you get more good stuff out of some of those actual foods even we mentioned milk before milk would be something it has calories so it's gonna be um, but it's much healthier for you to have that milk than to choose a soda pop my guest on the podcast today is Brooke Tasler. Brooke is a 15-year uh, employee of CCMH. She's a registered dietitian, and she's the head of our uh, dietary services. We're talking about National Nutrition Month. And I think one thing that we do tend to overlook in our diets an awful lot is the role that meat plays in the fact that most of us probably don't get enough fish. In the Midwest, no, not most of us do not probably get enough fish. No. Well, certainly not fresh fish. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us about that. Um, so generally speaking, we we pro 
I'd say the good news is the recommendation really isn't super high necessarily. A lot of times even eating fish a couple times a week is beneficial to us. It's enough to get us some of that those good healthy fats that we need um, for heart health. Or that's one of the main reasons anyway is for heart health. So yeah, so it's not an overly high jump, but yet at the same time, we just don't have it real readily available. Um, we're in beef and pork country out here, so that's what we tend to like to eat. <laughs> and maybe during Lent you get a few more fish, but those are all fried typically, so that maybe the health benefit <laughs> is muted a little bit. Maybe a little bit, yeah. It's not quite what you want, but on the flip side, though, things like tuna i mean that does count i think sometimes people forget that tuna does count as fish for us so it does have a lot of the good healthy fats in it too so. that's that's good to know so, that's <laughs> so i can check that box because i during lent especially i eat a fair amount of tuna so right. that's a good thing you know diet affects weight and i think we all understand that there's a correlation between the two i think what we tend to forget is that things like diabetes or arthritis or other healthcare conditions are also affected by our diet, which affects our weight. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, hopefully you can give us a little bit of insight on that. So, one thing I will say about that is frequently the bottom line message on all of those is typically kind of the same anyway, and it's usually trying to eat more fruits and vegetables, maybe eat a little more fish, decrease a little on the red meats, um, you know, chicken without the skin, poultry without the skin, I guess, you know, eat a little more of that and the fish, get, a, get away from the red meats is a little bit anyway. Um, that's frequently the message with all of them and that's kind of ties in with some of the weight control and stuff too. Is, and, and that has <laughs> something to do, you know, with people whose joints hurt, hips, knees, yeah. ankles, Sure. Part of it is the, the weight the issue. Weight. Yes, if you can take off some of the weight, a lot of times that does help with some of the pressure on the joints and, and helps relieve some of, some of that um, inflammation, inflammation. Well, maybe not the inflammation, but eating lots of fruits and vegetables can help with reducing inflammation. So. And weight loss seems to be a lot harder as we get older. I mean, I realize part of the issue is that we're maybe not quite as active as we've been in the past. So right. that's where the exercise comes into the equation. But we're talking about diet here. I, I think one of the things that we tend to lose sight of as we grow older is I was active in my 30s and 40s, and so my portion size grew when I was active and so I'd eat 3,000 calories a day but I burned 4,000 because I was active and doing other things. But as I aged and I started slowing down and I'm not quite as active, my portion size never went back. It, it just stayed big. So what can you tell us about portion size and how that helps us to, uh, maybe we're not gonna lose a ton of weight but we'll, we'll at least maintain or lose some. Um, so yeah, that is part of the problem with getting older is, is that our metabolism slows down, so our ability to burn calories slows down a little bit, but we're still eating the same amount. So therefore we still get the same amount of calories we had before. So yeah, sometimes that leads towards some weight gain. But a little extra focus on, on watching um, the portion sizes. If you've got your plate in front of you, you know, if, if normally half of your plate is say meat, then even trying to cut it back to closer to a quarter of your plate would be a step in the right direction. Uh, same thing with your um, 
like mashed potatoes or any potatoes, I guess, uh, pastas, if that takes up like half your plate, then trying to cut that back to maybe a quarter of your plate might be just enough to help get you a step in the right direction. And if you were gaining weight, hopefully at least stop. And if you weren't gaining weight, then it might be enough to help get you to decrease weight. Yeah, a and bit. so while you're while you're uh, lessening your portion on some of those things like carbohydrates and proteins, you're adding back in things like salads and yep. fruit. So that yeah, the non-starchy vegetables would be your best bet. Yeah, ideally yes, if we can cover about half of our plate with those non-starchy vegetables and. The non-starchy vegetables is the majority of your vegetables. Um, so your green leafy vegetables, your carrots, beans, cooked raw, either way works, it doesn't really matter. Um, broccoli, cauliflower, they all fit in that non-starchy category. And then fruit's still pretty good for you too. Um, generally speaking, I usually suggest, you know, buy the smaller fruits if it's fresh fruit rather than the biggest fruits you can find. Um, some is good, but more is not always better. So we still got to have a little moderation with some of that if you're trying to watch your weight. So. My guest on the podcast today is uh, Brooke Tazler. Brooke is the Director of Dietary Services here at CCMH, and she's a registered dietitian. And we're talking about National Nutrition Month, and I, I, I guess the way that I want to end up today, Brooke, is I know that, that people are concerned about their diet. They, they know they want to do better, but a lot of times they don't have anybody that they can talk to or anyone that they can turn to to have a fuller discussion about their own particular situation because each one of us is different. Each one of us might have a little bit of a different way to look at our diet and how that actually affects us. Who, who would you suggest that if somebody needs to talk to someone like yourself, a dietitian, what would you suggest? Um, normally I suggest talk to your provider first and then they would send a referral over to me and then I can contact the person and set something up so that we can talk about your specific diet, your specific needs, you know, what changes would be most beneficial to you, because you're right, we're not all the same. What one person does, the next person doesn't, and, and what works for one person doesn't work for the next person. So we just kind of got to meet in the middle and figure out where you're at, and then try to figure out from there what changes will work for you. So, yeah, so we, if you're thinking about uh, your diet, if you're thinking about ways that you might be able to improve that, the first thing we'd encourage you to do is uh, contact your primary care uh, provider. If you don't have one of those, you can uh, call us here at CCMH uh, Medical Clinic. That number is 712-265-2700. Uh, my guest on the podcast today has been Brooke Tazler. Brooke is the dietary, uh, Director of Dietary Services here at CCMH, 15-year employee and a registered dietitian. I'm Don Lentzman, Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. We care for life.